Good morning. In last week's chapel, Bob and I introduced our theme for the year, Sensing God's Hope, Claiming God's Hope. And we challenge you to think about what it might look like for us to live into our call to be a people of hope. This week, we are going to turn our focus from looking in at our community here on campus to looking outwards and considering how we might connect with the larger faith community here in Goshen. The Bible talks about the community of faith as the body of Christ, of which we are all members. The early Christian community in the book of Acts is described as a spirit-filled community, testifying to the gospel and sharing all things in common. The book of Hebrews places the life of faith in the context of the larger Jewish tradition, pointing to the faith of Moses, of Rahab, Gideon, and of course Jesus as models for us to follow in our lives. The writer of Hebrews also exhorts the community of his day to hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another. While we can accomplish plenty of provocation here at Goshen College, and hopefully a good measure of encouragement, this morning we want, to you, we want you to consider the importance of connecting with a church community, a community of faith outside of this campus. A place where you can connect with more people who are outside of the 18 to 25 age range. A place where you may be further guided and supported in your life of faith. And a place where you might be encouraged. We are happy this morning to have with us around 30 local pastors. And they are joining us this morning for chapel. And then will be with us in the fellowship hall for a time of cookies and ready to chat with you about their church, about the larger Goshen community, and just about how life is going for you here at Goshen College. I invite all the pastors to stand. And please join me in welcoming them to Goshen College. This morning, we will hear reflections from two speakers. Morgan Crable, a senior here at Goshen, will reflect on her experience of church involvement throughout her time as a student. And Phil Vanderplug, um, a pastor at Downtown 808, is here with us as well. And he will be reflecting on the church-student relationship from a church's perspective. As we begin worship this morning, I will light our lamp in recognition that God's spirit is among us, even in toga form. <laughs> Please join me in prayer. Creator God, you are the source of all our hope. Open us to your spirit here among us this morning. Draw us to your love. May we carry your love into the world so that you touch everyone we meet. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please stand and turn in your blue hymnals to number one, what is this place?
standing and join in singing Jesus Be the Center. As a first year at Goshen, I remember facing the decision of whether or not I wanted to participate in church during my college years. In high school, I'd been somewhat involved, although that was more or less by default, and here was a chance to discern, free of any pressures from home. The decision felt relatively trivial, but I didn't have the foresight at that time to know what impact the decision would have on my college years and beyond. I saw two options for myself a church sabbatical, or beginning the process of shopping for a church. I knew, well, I think I knew how easy it would be to take a break from church during college, and this foresight was accumulated through conversations from, with older friends and observations of those very same people. And in the heat of these conversations, I rather liked the sound of a church sabbatical, as a family friend um, from church put it, as she took a year-long break from church. At the beginning of college, had I taken this grown-up sounding and thoughtful idea of a church sabbatical to my parents or my home church community, I can easily imagine them blessing the idea and saying, you know, time away from the church is fine, sending me on my way, saying, you know, it'll probably help you find some clarity in what your faith means to you, if it's significant at all, and clarity in what you desire from church. They would secretly know, I think, without saying that I'd come back to the church, that I would miss it too much. And then I'd be a perfect testimonial. 
But, you know, I didn't really want to be that. <laughs> and I can just imagine my grandparents saying, ah, yes, she took a break from the church. But, you know, she realized she just couldn't live without it. Ugh. I just, like I said, I didn't want to be a testimonial. I want to be the church now. I want to mold it into that which I find life-giving and faith-growing, rather than standing at a distance with a stick poking and prodding at it. As I said, while the church sabbatical option did sound appealing, and I think for some it really can be a very important step to take, I remember thinking back to a comment made my senior year by a high school teacher and a response that that provoked. During Anabaptist history class one day, my teacher slipped up and he said how excited he was that he, his students, who he'd grown to love, that we were going to be the future of the church. Sounds exciting, maybe, but more exciting to me is what a classmate said as they corrected our beloved teacher. Mr. Yoder, but it, we as young people are the church. We're not just the future of it. Perhaps this is something as young people that we've grown to internalize, thinking that we're just going to be the future of the church. Yes, well, there's many people sitting in our midst today that may be church leaders, presidents of Mennonite institutions, professors of our own children someday. We aren't just the future, but we're also the present. And thus to me, and hopefully others, it's exciting to think that we can help by shaping and molding <clears throat> not only the future of the church, but also the present church as we experience and engage with churches other than the ones we grew up with. While my decision to attend a local congregation may have been partially arbitrary at the time, I believe this challenge and reminder given to me by a classmate that we are the church was also something with help, which helped to guide my decision. Being the church now means not putting it off until real life, but rather integrating it into my life now. I think the excuse of someday when I grow up, when I'm living real life, that would have been an easy justification to make as far as making the big church decision. But when better to start than now as far as being involved in the life of a church? Why? Here's some thoughts three years after making the decision to attend Assembly Mennonite Church, reflecting on why I'm glad I made the choice to join a church here in Goshen. First of all, life beyond college may slow down for some of us. I think at this point when we're really busy, we like to think that someday things will slow down a little bit. But I think for, for many, the pace will actually only hasten. And with such haste, we may find ourselves only wanting to commit to things which seem comfortable and not quite as willing to step out and try something that may be new. The routines we establish in college and the patterns we set up in our college lives may become default or a fallback when life gets hectic. I've grown to love church involvement, and I don't find it a chore or something to be afraid of. But had I not chosen to get involved in church in the last number of years here at Goshen, I fear that I would have found it perhaps more difficult to get involved later. Secondly, given that we are the church of now and the church of the future, our voices and our participation as young people are valued, and adults do actually want to hear our young adult voices. One of the things that I hear my peers express frustration over is the lack of interest they feel adults in the church seem to take in our lives or our thoughts on the church. And I found actually that to be quite the opposite, and I can say only to those that are frustrated that you won't find it to be otherwise unless you go to a place in the community of those who you think from a distance really don't care. And how do I know this? Well, I've been told, and I've also experienced it firsthand. I spent last summer participating in the Ministry Inquiry Program through Goshen College and living in New York City. 
I worked with Sylvia Shirk Charles at Manhattan Mennonite Fellowship. And last fall as I returned to Goshen College, I felt a great sense of just wanting to deepen my church involvement as the summer had, for me, reaffirmed my commitment to the church. In my first two years at Goshen, I attended church semi-regularly and was part of a small group as well, which grew to be really important and still is, and is to assembly a key ingredient to the way, um, the way that church functions. But last fall, I decided that I really, I wanted to get involved more somehow and to be something other than just one of the college kids. I found in the, in the first few years that just too often it felt like I was just one of the people going in mass down the road to assembly. And I was told as I talked to some people that assembly, the church that I had been attending for the past two years, had something called an apprentice elder position. And it was something on their leadership team and it sounded like just what I was looking for. So I investigated that some and I applied and was warmly welcomed into the position. Had I not been attending assembly my first two years, the odds of an invitation to join the leadership team, which is an important function in, in most churches, uh, the, the likelihood would have been low. But that involvement lent itself well into getting more intentionally involved in the church as I had been hoping for. So last year, I was an apprentice elder at the age of 20, and a number of friends joked with me saying, ah, you're not old, how can you be an elder? But this position is exactly for people like me that are wanting just young adults wanting to get more involved in the church and know, know what it means to be, be involved. So through this year-long role on leadership team, my love for the church grew even stronger and getting involved in the church, I realized during my summer in New York, it definitely, it bursts your bubble at times because you begin to see the small imperfections in the church. But more importantly to me, both through my experience with the ministry inquiry program and getting involved at assembly, is the way you see the beauty of the church and the way that people remain committed to the church even at times where they're very frustrated and aware of the, the flaws and imperfections of the church. And also more importantly, I kind of realized that church doesn't just happen. I think when I was younger, it was easy to just sort of think that, oh, I show up on a Sunday morning and, and church just goes from there. But I realized through, through tedious three-hour meetings once a month that, <laughs> that church doesn't just happen. Um, these three-hour meetings, to me, were really exciting. Okay. To be continued. <laughs> Thanks for coming back in. It means a lot to me, I know. And we have another speaker. We're both going to try to just make it, just I'll condense the rest of what I have to say, and he'll condense his. So thanks for coming back in. We'll try not to keep you for too long. There's cookies afterwards as well. Um, so I was talking about the significance of being involved in the church and being an apprentice elder. One of the things I realized as I returned to assembly just two weeks ago after being in Palestine and Israel this summer was just what it meant to come back to a church congregation and feel like I, would, I, was, I just belonged there. I was known there. I was greeted with hugs and people wanting genuinely to know about my summer. And it, I didn't realize until this year how much it's meant to be involved in a church and, and have established th those relationships um, so a community beyond just the school community has been something that's been really life-giving to me. Being involved in the church, it also, choosing one church, it ended having to church shop that got tiring every Sunday to be a new face at, um, at a new church. Um, it's provided accountability, just showing up at church. People start recognizing when you're not there. Not always a fun thing, but I appreciated the accountability. Um, and there's other more marginal benefits, babysitting jobs, potlucks, that kind of thing. <laughs> 
Um, one of the downsides is having to sacrifice social life on a Saturday night. You have to get to bed a little bit earlier. That was difficult, but something that I've, I've just realized is a sacrifice I'm willing to, to make. In conclusion, I'm going to share with you um, something that somebody at church on Sunday shared, and I realized maybe out of all the things that I've shared, this is one of the most significant reasons why I've really valued being involved in a church. Um, somebody spoke to the hard times that we inevitably experience in life. All of us will go through some time where we may feel very distant from God, feel like we have very little faith. But this person shared that the church is a community of people who have faith for us when we feel unable to have any. And I realized for me, that's been a really important part of my church involvement, being, being able to carry other people's burdens as they're struggling, and also to have a community of people that can help share with me when I need when, when, I, when I'm the one that's in need. Thanks. Okay, well, I want to start by saying I'm a huge fan of the cross-country team today. I wish I would have known. I would have dressed the same way. You guys would have been surprised. Um, well, my name's Phil Vanderplug. I'm one of the pastors at downtown at 808. We meet in the old Goshen Theater. We have a lot of community activities there, so maybe some of you know us better for the community activities than our church, and I'm cool with that. Um, I am a proud father of two boys, and I have a beautiful wife. Uh, if you ever come to 808, you'll notice that during worship, all of the toddlers sort of collect down by the front of the stage and kind of worship in their own way. The two Toddlers playing air guitar with very much skill are my two boys. Uh, my wife and I live on 8th Street, just down the street here from you guys. Um, and you might see us around on campus. If you see a family tool by on some bikes, and husband and wife are both riding girls' bikes, that's us. So wave to me. Um, I've been asked to share this morning about why students should go to church. So um, let's just start by looking at a passage of scripture. Uh, 2 Corinthians 7, 1 through 3. I'll read it really fast. It says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Make room for us in your hearts. We wronged no one. We corrupted no one. We took advantage of no one. I do not speak to condemn you, for I have said before that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. I want to start off just by saying that I've only been a pastor for three years, but something that I have really taken notice of in the last three years, times that's been quite traumatizing, is that churches are full of conflict. Churches are full of struggle. You know why? Because churches are full of people. So it kind of makes sense. And conflict can sometimes be a turnoff to people. At times, it's been a real turnoff to me, the amount of conflict I see sometimes in churches. My wife told me one time that her mom told her growing up um, that everything good in life is difficult. And I think that that's true. I don't ascribe to the popular Christian belief that Christ died so that we could live lives free of hardship or disappointment or pain. I don't really understand the idea that God would send his son Jesus to die so that life could be comfortable for me. I became a Christian when I was 17 years old, and about a year and a half later, I took off for Liberty University, where I went to school, and they not only taught me how to be a pastor, but they taught me how to be a Christian. I didn't know a whole lot. 
when I headed that way. I was a Bible major, biblical studies major, which should communicate to you that I did one really important thing, and that was sit around and talk about theology all the time with other Bible majors, most of which um, didn't really impact my life and the way that I was living. My daily existence wasn't changed um, by whether or not I was a five-point Calvinist or a charismatic. And I jumped around the map, you know, because I'd be convinced on different days in theology class which was right and which was wrong. Don't get me wrong, I think that an education is very, very important. It's been very invaluable to me learning how to study God's Word and teach it to other people. And your education is going to prove to be invaluable to you. So if you're a nursing student, please study hard, especially if you work at Goshen Hospital. <laughs> One thing that church has been to me since I got out of school is a church has been a place for me to, to test and challenge my ivory tower theologies. It's been a place where I can find out what I've studied and what I've, what I've exegeted and, and, and mapped out in my mind, whether it's really working for people and whether it really works in ministry. The idea of going to church for community is not a bad idea, but we could all join a country club if we really just wanted to be a part of community. Preaching and teaching has its place in church, right? We, we like it when a pastor teaches well, but we can get really good teaching off the internet, can't we? If you guys decide to attend a church somewhere, I, re I really want to encourage you to get involved, to get to know people, to seek out relationships. But I'm going to tell you that in the midst of that, sometimes you're going to get hurt. And sometimes it's going to be difficult. But I think that beauty is found when we realize that our relationships cost us something. They cost us something of our comfort, something of our time, our hearts, and our hurt. Sometimes we're going to go to church and people are going to confront us about things we don't want to hear, right? Nobody wants to hear that they're wrong. Sometimes we're going to go to church and be encouraged, but there should be both. I think there's something divine about the scars that we receive, learning how to live sacrificially in our relationships. You know, as a pastor, I counsel people sometimes who've really been hurt by people in the church. But you know what? Christ suffered for a relationship with you and I. And I think that the scars that we get in those relationships are actually a beautiful thing. They're actually very divine. Church should be like a family, not like a business or an institution. It's something I really believe. And families inevitably have struggles. So it only makes sense that your church family is going to have struggles. People and families challenge each other, don't they? You ever get challenged by your parents? Your brothers or sisters? I do. Too much. Too much. Your church family should challenge you too. Your church family will challenge you in ways that you won't get challenged at school. Simply because you're around people. And you guys... Um, we, we talked a little bit with Bob, and I, and I heard sort of a consensus that you're looking for relationships with people who are older. That's really wise. Let me tell you, downtown at 808 used to be absolutely nuts. We were nothing but 18 to 20-year-olds running around the room and, you know, just trying to be edgy. We've prayed in recent years for older people to come to our church, and uh, God sent them. It's a huge blessing to be able to be mentored by people with a little more experience than we have. In 2 Corinthians 7 that we just read, Paul just got through, if you've ever read through First and Second Corinthians, man, he, he rails a few people in those books. He brings a lot of instruction, really good instruction. 
He really challenges people at their core of what they believe. But his real desire was, and I quote, to die together and to live together. And I want to challenge you today to find a church community where you can die together and live together with other people who are going to invest in your life. Thank you.